This is episode 31 with Benny Fowler. Welcome to The Athletic Mindset. I'm your host, Corey Camp, former Division I swimmer turned personal trainer and coach. Each week, it is my goal to bring you a unique story of an elite athlete's mindset to help you unlock and discover your life's potential. Today, I had the chance to sit down with Super Bowl champion and NFL veteran Benny Fowler. Benny has experienced success at all levels of football, between being on Michigan State's Rose Bowl winning team to winning the Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos, but it hasn't always been easy for him. He's had a career full of ups and downs and has been able to navigate them through a variety of strategies that he shares with you today. Now a best-selling author and keynote speaker, Benny is helping others find their imperfect route to success. So please welcome on Benny. They bring pressure, Simeon up top, it's caught! They lost Benny Fowler! Foot race, Fowler, gone! Touchdown, Broncos! Hello? Hey, Benny, it's Corey. How's it going? Hey, Corey, how you doing? Good, man. Thanks for uh, taking the time out of your day to connect. Uh, yeah, hope- no doubt. Hopefully you're staying busy with everything going on right now. Yeah, trying to, trying to. <laughs> How did you get started in football, and what was that journey look, I guess, looks like from an outside perspective of how you got started all the way up to career at Michigan State and then, you know, eventually into the, the league here? Yeah, so the way I got started in football, I played a couple of years when I was younger. Uh, you know, just playing typical uh, peewee football learning the game, learning the ins and outs, learning the fundamentals of the game. And then I stopped playing. I wanted to just focus on basketball. I really wanted to be an NBA basketball player. Kobe Bryant was my favorite basketball player of all time. And that's who I wanted to be. Like, I had every shoe of his. So I wanted to be just like him. And I stuck with another sport. I stuck with track um, throughout the my process of growing up. <clears throat> and then when I went to high school, I stuck with basketball and track, and that's what I was primarily playing. I won two state championships in the year 2007. Won a basketball state championship and then won a uh, track and field state championship in the same year. So I was sticking with those sports. And then going into my junior year summer, a friend of mine, Jonas Gray, and another friend of mine in high school, Kenny Demons, uh, wanted me to come and play football and try out for the football football team. And my mother really encouraged me. She was like, go out there and use your speed on the football field. I'm telling you, it's going to pay off. And it did. That year, I had a decent year. You know, I was learning, relearning how to play the game, understanding actually the concepts of actual plays and running routes as a receiver. And I had a little bit of success there. And I broke my collarbone. So I was really mad at my parents or my mother at the time for making me go back out there because (laughs) I ended up getting hurt and breaking my collarbone. But I was able to heal up, and we made it to the semifinal state championship game, and that was my first game back. I had missed six weeks. That was my first game back, and I was able to score the game-winning touchdown and lead us to the state championship. So I was like, you know, this football thing might not be that bad. And I stuck with it. And going into that summer, I started going to college football camps. I went to Toledo camp. I went to Michigan State camp. I did a official visit at Michigan, unofficial visit at Michigan. <clears throat> and then I went to an Indiana camp and I was able to get some scholarship offers. I didn't get offered by Michigan, but I was able to get some scholarship offers. And that's when you know I committed to Michigan State that summer. 
and that was a big deal for me going into my senior year. And I was able to uh, get a scholarship and then eventually went on to Michigan State and played my, my four years there. So, But that's how I got started. That's awesome. It's always interesting to me to hear people's background stories. And, you know, there's not one necessarily blueprint to make it to the top. You don't have to specialize in whatever that sport is, like right from age six or seven or whatever it be. I think that's kind of what gets lost in today's day and age. A lot of parents are putting that external pressure of like, you need to do football from age seven through high school to get a D1 scholarship offer. It sounds like in your case, you were just kind of definitely a naturally talented athlete and you were able to come back to it and find some success later on and still, you know, learn the game, but be successful at that next level. Yeah, I think it's super, yeah, I think it's super important for parents to understand that just let your kid develop, let them figure out their talents and their interests and their passions and their purpose and see where they want to go from there. My parents never say, Hey, you got to play football. Hey, you got to play basketball. You got to run track. They just let my brother and I, and then eventually when my sisters came along, they just let us play sports and let us develop all types of athletic ability and athletic charisma and uh, just a different athletic mindset and all different types of sports. And then once we figured out what we were good at and what we wanted to hone in on, that's when they helped us and just develop and focus on that one thing as we navigated our way through high school. Yeah, that's huge. I feel like athleticism especially translate across translates pretty well across all sports. Um, yes. So if you're able to be well-rounded, you're almost better suited for that next level. What did the career at Michigan State look like? And then kind of when did you know then that, you know, the National Football League was a possibility for you? My career at Michigan State had a lot of ups and downs. It was one of the best times of my life. Just as you're going through college, it, you're you're meeting all these new people and you're creating all these new friendships and relationships. And a lot of the friendships and relationships that I had in college that I still carry on today were developed there because you get to see these guys every single day. You're going to class with them. You're living in the same apartment complexes with, with them. You're going through winter conditioning, summer conditioning with these guys, and then you're actually playing a season with them. So you develop these great relationships. But my time at Michigan State started with getting injured first. I broke my uh, right foot. I had a stress fracture in my right foot, my right navicular bone, my true freshman year. So I was <clears throat> on crutches and in a boot for pretty much that entire season. And then I went through winter conditioning, and then I went through my spring ball. My first spring ball, I'll never forget, I had a out route on the play. And the DB was pressed up on me and jammed me all the way to, like, the middle of the field. And I was like, I'm never going to play here. <laughs> and then I honed in on my skills, and I had some of the other seniors take me under their wing, and they were really teaching me the game, the ins and outs, and the finer points of the game. And that's when I started to develop my skills, and I got a, some opportunities throughout my redshirt freshman year to play, and I made some big plays. I actually scored a game, or not a game-winning touchdown, but I scored my first touchdown against Northwestern on a reverse in a game that we were actually down by, and then we actually uh, <clears throat> we called a fake punt, and I was one of the gunners on the fake punt, and Aaron Bates, who was the punter at the time, threw a great ball, and we got a first down, and we ended up scoring on that drive and beating Northwestern. We were 7-0, maybe 8-0 at the time. So, I, you know, I played a little bit as a as a redshirt freshman, and then 
by going into my redshirt sophomore year, I broke the same bone in my left foot. So that was kind of hard to go through, you know, just the ups and downs in my first couple of years. And then going into my junior year, that's when, you know, I became, I was starting to become the starter. I was the leader of the group, the leader of the receivers, one of the leaders of the offense. And I struggled with some drops early on in the season, and I actually got benched after maybe the Eastern Michigan game. And that was like a hard time. And that's where I had to start to develop some perseverance. And I wasn't going to give up just because I was having some tough times. I ended up scoring a game with a touchdown against Indiana and Wisconsin that year in overtime. And I was able to, to show myself that I had this perseverance, that I could fight through anything. I wasn't really thinking about the pros. I was just thinking about making plays and being more consistent because the receivers before me were such consistent receivers and they were so reliable. And going into my senior year, I started off with a little bit of a, rush, a rough patch, but I was able to lead my team and that offense that year to a Big Ten championship and a Rose Bowl championship. And I was the leading receiver on that team, had the, the, the most receiving touchdowns on that, on that team. And I'm very that's something I'm very proud of. So that's how my Michigan State career went. It started off a little slow. It was a little rocky here and there, but it finished very strong. Oh, that's awesome. And as a receiver, how do you like mentally deal with those drops? Like you said, you, you see it in like baseball where great hitters go through slumps, great receivers go through slumps where it's like you know you're a great receiver. You know you can catch the ball, but – for whatever reason, something's not clicking. Did you have anything that you used to try to either minimize that slump or kind of right the wrongs and get you back to the level that you knew you could compete at? Yeah, definitely. I, I used a lot of different things. Journaling, just writing down my thoughts, trying to get my thoughts out, trying to get those negative thoughts out. Meditation, focusing to help me focus and focus and just be in the present and being mindful of where I'm at. And as well as just hard work, just putting in that work. You know, I was behind as a receiver. A lot of these guys have been playing receiver their entire life. You know, that's something that I was developing and learning. So I continue to just continue to work on my craft. And not everybody's perfect. Even the best receivers in the league have had drops and problems with drops. But they work through it. They don't give up. And that's what I, I, I stayed with. I stayed with developing myself. I stayed with, I stayed with the course. I stayed... <clears throat> continuing to work every single day yeah you got to focus on that process of day in and day out how do you get better today and then be able to kind of just separate that last play from whatever is coming next in that present play that's because you can't control if you dropped a ball you can't control it anymore you know (laughs) like can't rewind and go back so it's huge you had some tricks in play already to like help you bounce back there um, yes, absolutely. Did you have a under men, underlying mentality that kind of helped you throughout that career, uh, especially in the NFL level? Yeah, just to never give up. That was always been my underlying mentality is to never give up <clears throat> and to continue to keep going because if you give up, you'll never know how it will end up. So to continue to push forward every single day and something I always live by is just trying to win the day. Because if you win the days, you'll win the weeks. You win the weeks, you win the month. You win the month, you'll win the year. And you're just constantly laying that foundation every single day on to be an, on, on being a better person. And I saw a quote, I heard a quote one time, and it's always going to stick with me forever, that success doesn't happen in a day. It happens every single day. And people need to understand that. This is a perfect time, especially with everybody being at home, is to work on yourself, self-improvement. 
and build that perseverance so that when hard times do hit like we're going through right now, that you're ready to go through them and that you can persevere through them. I think that's super well said. I think the people that are going to come out of this better are the ones that are able to look themselves in the mirror and say every single day that they dealt with this, they moved forward, whatever that looks like for them, whether it's they developed their career, they developed themselves a little bit further, maybe a combination of both. But now is the perfect time, like you just said, to kind of work on that Um, because a lot of us have way more time on our hands than we ever had. So you might as well use it in a productive manner. Definitely. Um, Definitely. Was there anything that you learned when you got to the league that you kind of wish you knew earlier on in your life or in your career? No, not that I would have wish I would have learned or anything like that because I feel I feel like the process of me getting to the league taught me a whole bunch of different things that I that I could actually build on and appreciate. I think the prizes in the journey that's something that I uh, a wristband that, that that's something that's on my wrist that I wear every single day. It says the it says the prizes in the journey and it's from a teammate of mine that passed away four years ago. His mom had that saying for his fundraiser that the prize is in the journey and I think that I don't want to take, I wouldn't take anything from the league and put it into my former or myself before just because everything that went on in that process for, for me to get to the league, I had to go through and I had to understand, but I've learned so much in the NFL just in terms of discipline, work ethic, setting the right goals, communication, handling adversity, handling success. I've just learned so many different things. Mm-hmm. Well, it's huge, too. You had the opportunity when you first got in the league to play for the Denver Broncos and ended up winning Super Bowl 50. What was that like as a player and kind of especially early on in your career to be a part of a championship winning culture like that and be surrounded by, you know, a ton of other great, talented players? I've only cried maybe four or five times in my adult life. And that was one of the times where I cried. It was just so much emotion when we were, when we were coming back on that plane from winning the Super Bowl. It didn't. It hadn't hit me. I was more in shock that night that we won. I just couldn't believe that I was a Super Bowl champion, and the fact that I was playing in the biggest game, one of the biggest sporting events in the world, every single year. So I was just in shock. But when I was coming back on that plane, and we were passing that Lombardi Trophy around, that big silver, beautiful trophy. And I was just sitting there and I was holding and I started crying and I was uncontrollably crying just because of all the things that I had been through up until that point. And it was, it's always going to be clear in my mind what my draft profile said and how they didn't think I was going to amount to anything in the league. And then look at me now, I'm playing in the Super Bowl with guys like Peyton Manning, DeMarcus Ware, Cam Newton's on the other side. Playing with guys like Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, a key to lead, just so many great players, so many great players on that team, and just being a part of that was just so amazing and so surreal to me. And then I find out that I end up catching the last pass of the legendary Hall of Famer Peyton Manning it was just the icing on the cake. The <laughs> fact that this guy trusted me to catch the ball and be on the field with him. You have to gain trust to play with a guy like that. So being a part of that winning culture and that winning mindset just helped me form who I am today. And I am so appreciative of it. Was there anything like guys like Peyton that kind of instilled with you early on in your career that stuck with you? 
Oh yeah, just the way he went about his work ethic and just who he was as a leader and leadership is influence. And John Maxwell's, uh, you know, a really well-known author in this world and somebody who talks about leadership all the time. And he wrote a book that said, everybody communicates, few connect. <clears throat> and connecting is the ability to identify and relate to people in such a way that you influence them. And that is something that Peyton does really well. He influences people. He influences people. He connects with people, mm-hmm. and he gets the he gets the he brings the most and the best out of people, and that's something that I took from him and learned from him. And he got the best out of me for sure. That's awesome. And talk about good timing. <laughs> you were able to, <laughs> to catch him um, while he was still around. Now, yeah. I also I want to touch on you said you know obviously the ups and downs, and you mentioned like you'll never forget what your draft profile was like. How did you learn to kind of block out? the noise, like the negative noise that the media throws at you and what the naysayers around you might be saying and still have that confidence, but like still be able to use that negative stuff around you as like fuel to the fire to keep you going. You kind of just balance and you kind of try to stay away from the negative things. You know that there are negative things out there and sometimes you just can't avoid those negative things. But at the same time, when it comes to the media, they're not playing the game. So I'm not really focused on what they're thinking or what they're saying. I don't try to read the newspaper. I don't try to read news articles, good or bad. I just try to focus on the task at hand. And it was more important to focus on that anyway. And that's when I found out I was playing my best ball is because when I was playing with Peyton, I was just focused on practice and not messing up so I could play. So I was never really focused on what people were saying or what things were being said. It was enough motivation just playing with a guy like that. A hundred percent. I think that's super well said. You have to focus, like you said earlier, on that process of day in, day out, and focus on what you can control. And that's kind of what I try to instill with people that I work with. It's like, if you can't control the media, like you can't control what they say about you, why do you worry about it? You know, you have to flush that out and, and do what you do best. Absolutely. Uh, in the game itself, you know, obviously a single play, as you know, can kind of shape the direction of the game. How did you allow yourself and your teammates to kind of dictate that direction of the game and more times than not make it go in your favor? I just think we just focused on and doing one play at a time, making one play at a time. We didn't try to focus, oh, this is going to be the game-defining play. All the all plays lead to some sort of the outcome at the end of the game. So I think we just focused on one play, <clears throat> one drive, and just going from there. And then we just learned from our mistakes. Winning is a progression. Losing is a lesson. Winning is a progression. Losing is a lesson. So if we didn't do well on a drive or a play, just let it go. What do we learn from it? And then we moved on for moved on from it and then move and then move towards the future and move towards the next play. I think that's a great lesson because it's I mean a game is sixty minutes long, but there's so many little things and wins and losses that go in, you know, during that sixty minute time frame that impact that final score that you probably don't see if you're at just that average fan you know, watching from home or watching from in the stands. Right. So you've obviously now, you know, you're a free agent, but you've transitioned 
also to becoming a keynote speaker and author. I wanted to touch on one of the topics that you speak on is the LEAD program, learning efficiency, attitude, and dreaming. Kind of give us a background on what that is all about and how that developed for you. Well, leaders are always constantly learning. So that's where the, the that that piece comes from. They're always constantly learning, always constantly trying to solve problems. Leaders are also efficient. Their time is always accounted for. You know, my dad was working for Ford Motor Company for a long time. He was the vice president for 10 plus years and he was super efficient. And just learn about his about his uh, work every single day. And then A is for attitude. Attitude is everything. And one of the best examples that I have of attitude is, is my my dog Simba. He is a uh, Shiba Inu. I guess I'm a I'm a dog dad, and I'm very proud of him. And he teaches me so many different lessons. But he loves to chase rabbits and squirrels every single day, and he's never been close to catching one. But his goal every single day, even when he, you know, right when we come out the house, he looks to the left, looks to the right, and he's looking for those rabbits and those and those squirrels because that's his goal or dream. Now he doesn't ever catch one, and he's been out hundreds of times and never has caught one. But his enthusiasm to go out and after his goals every single day is how we all need to be as people. And then he comes back and he continues to show me love, shows my fiance love, and. Some people might be like, well, yeah, that's because he's a dog. But why can't we be like that as people every single day when we're going after our dreams and our great and our grind and our daily pursuit of success, of success and excellence? So I learned a lot from him. And that's a, you know, a great thing I learned from him about having the right attitude and right perception of life. The best people in the world have the, the best attitudes. They, they persevere. They continue to go through it. <clears throat> and then when it comes to dreaming, we all have to have a dream or a goal, or something to go after. We all have to have a desire, something that we that will get us up in the morning every single day and try to attack the day. If we don't have a goal or a target or a de- destination or desire, a whole bunch of activity with no direction is chaos. So we have to have a dream, and then we have to have a plan for that dream. I think that's the most important part. I mean, a lot of people, I feel like, might have that thing that gets them out of bed but a lot of people in that category are lacking kind of the steps to get to that dream uh they don't either aren't well versed i guess in goal setting and kind of just how to make those goals and those dreams reality what have you found kind of through your successes in your career that has allowed you to kind of go after those dreams and goals and and obtain them you have to break those goals down. So when I was playing for the Denver Broncos, our goal was the Super Bowl. We mentioned that in April, right, when we reported for organized team activities for that eight-week program. Our, our goal was the Super Bowl. So we were going to start developing the plan and the goals to get there. So during OTAs, we're just installing the offense. We're, we're trying to figure out who we are as a team. We're spending a couple hours together as a team, and we're building that camaraderie. And then as we get into the season – that is where we set the goal. So our goal every month was to go 4-0, and and our goal every week was to go 1-0. So on Wednesday, we work on Wednesday things, which is usually first and second down. Thursday, we work on third down and a little bit of red zone. Friday, we bring it all together. We try to have a perfect Friday. No balls hit the ground. Saturday, we walk through it all. And then Sunday, we try to go out there, and we try to achieve our goal 
of winning. Now, we don't always win the game on Sundays, but we continue to lay that foundation every single day. But we have goals every single day and every single week in order to get to that goal on Sunday. <clears throat> and Gary Kubiak, who was my coach with the Denver Broncos, would always tell us that you can't win a 16-game season in week one. So let's break these goals down. Let's just take it one week at a time, and then let's take it one day at a time. And then that's the way you build that's the way you build these these championship teams and championship culture. I think that's awesome. Did stuff change ever when you were either faced with a losing streak or part two of the question will be when you know the schedule changes? Like you now have Thursday night football as a regular thing. You have Monday night football sometimes. You know, you have a Saturday game thrown in there for whatever reason, um, or Sunday night. Did the process change, or, or the routines change, or they just kind of shifted when they happened? When we have a losing streak, we try to figure out why. You know, we have self-reflection. We see where we're making mistakes at, and then we try to correct those mistakes, and we try to correct those mistakes every week. But if we have a different schedule, if we have a Monday night game, we have some extra time, we put in extra time and film. If we have a shorter week, we condense the week, we, we figure out what we need to improve on from the week before, and we focus on that, and we focus on, we focus on fixing that, but also building off our strengths. What have we been doing well? Let's build off of that. If we have a losing streak, all right, what are we doing well, and then what are we do not doing well right now? We have to take advantage. We have to just fix one thing. We can't fix everything in just this one week in order to be better, so let's fix What's, a, what's the glaring mistake right here, and let's go on and let's fix that. I think that's perfectly said. Um, you've obviously been around tons of great coaches, great other, you know, great players, being a great player yourself. Is there anyone in particular that has kind of impacted your career and kind of shown you a different route or way to success than, than you originally thought? Yeah, there are a lot of different players. You know, looking at a guy like a Wes Welker, just him being undrafted, him being small. I mean, when you see Wes on the football field, you'd be like, there's no way this guy is a football player. <laughs> but just how hard he worked and the way he went about his business every single day, he practiced so hard and he went about his business. He was just so smart. He, yeah, he knew the ins and outs of the game. But then, you know, you see a guy like a Nikib Tlaib who was so incredibly smart when it comes to playing football and just who he was as a person. He was a great leader. He was a passionate leader, and he was a different type of leader, but you know, I learned a lot from him. That's awesome. It's I think the best part about the journey is picking up things from those leaders and the successful people around you. If you can pick up one thing and kind of do that well and learn from them, then you're going to be successful in your own right. Now you've transitioned. You have your own book. Yeah, Silver Spoon, uh, man, perfect guide to success. Awesome. So, how was that process, <laughs> and what kind of from your playing days translated over to the writing process, and then kind of the project itself? The process taught me a lot. It taught me a lot about patience. I didn't know how much work actually went into writing the manuscript, getting it back rereading it, fixing some things, punctuation, everything that goes into writing a book. So that process actually goes bringing me back to what's it, what's it like to set goals. And we set goals for the, the project and 
uh, we reached those goals in every in the in the times that I wanted to reach them. But we had to set goals. We had to set uh, time aside. We had to be efficient in everything that we were doing. So in terms of that, <clears throat> it was a lot like you know football season. It took about a year and a half for it to complete, but you know it was a great process. And it taught me a lot about patience and understanding that the things that I've learned in football will continue to carry over to life. That's awesome. And what kind of, I mean, obviously the, the title is kind of self-explanatory, but what's like a big takeaway from that book that these listeners can kind of implement right now into their lives? Or do they have to go out and buy it to find it all out? <laughs> well, they have to go out and buy it to find it all out, but... <laughs> You know, a quick synopsis of it is that, you know, we all have the same 24 hours. It doesn't really matter where you come from or how you were born or where you were born. Adversity is going to come to everybody throughout their life. How are you going to handle that? And if you want to be successful, you don't have to necessarily find or follow the way of other successful people. Just learn some things from, take some things from what they've done and apply them to your own life. I've never met anybody who was successful following the same exact path as somebody else. Life is going to be hard and people need to understand that. But if you, if you set the goals and you are, and you're doing something that you're super passionate about life and things like, and things uh, of success will come towards you and you will achieve those things, but you're going to have to have certain things that, you know, I talked throughout the book, like goal setting, discipline, handling adversity, handling success, when it comes to young kids who want to be professional athletes, I have a chapter in there that says you don't have to be a professional athlete to make a million dollars. I want people to understand that. And I have entrepreneurs throughout the book because those people have to have, <clears throat> there are a whole bunch of people out here with great ideas who are afraid to make the first move or afraid to go out there because they're scared of what might happen and the insecurities and the doubts that come along with it. But I want to encourage those people to go out there and achieve those dreams and goals. Start that business that you want to start. Start that company that you want to start. Because that is the real success. That's that's the journey in, in, in building that company. And you'll never know what it's like if you don't go out there and try. Definitely. I think too many people get caught up in waiting to find that perfect plan or steal someone else's like blueprint of like oh this is how Benny became successful in his career that's exactly what I need to do I think the sooner people realize that you can be successful in your own right yeah you can listen to this and listen to other people and kind of pick and choose things that you find that work for you you just have to get started and you have to try and you have to find out what works for you don't get caught up waiting till that perfect moment because it doesn't exist right what's next for you um anything left on your bucket list that you're trying to accomplish and where can those people listening in here kind of keep up with you as you go towards that yeah right now i'm developing an online course to help people reach their goals in record time I'm following some of the principles that i've laid out in my book and that i've followed throughout my life and right now if people want to find me they can find me on linkedin uh, just under Benny Fowler, and then on Instagram and Twitter, Beans, B-E-A-N-Z-Z, 16. They can reach out to me there, and we can talk on there, and I can help in any way I can. Awesome. Well, Benny, I appreciate the time. It means a lot, and looking forward to putting this out here for people to hear. Hey, I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much.
I hope you all enjoyed that conversation with Benny. He has a great perspective on life in general, which has allowed him to learn from each experience, good and bad, and find his own path to success. If you haven't done so already, send this episode to a friend, family member, or teammate who could use that extra boost. Stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by following me on Instagram at Athletic Mindset Podcast. And remember, if you can change your mindset and how you think, you'll be able to change your life one thought at a time. I'll see you all next week.